are looking to get some more energy so that you can really accomplish the things that you want to in the day, well, stick around because by the end of this episode, you will have all the tools, tips, and formulas and frameworks that you need to get your body to the shape you want it to be. You've got a dream to glorify God and make your mark on the world. Maybe you want to grow a business, start a ministry, or become a better servant leader. Whichever level in life you want to hit, I believe that God's calling all of us towards something greater than where we are now. So join me as I document my journey to learn how to grow an online ministry in ways that are effective, biblical, and aren't stuffed with complicated religious or business mumbo-jumbo. My name is Alec Hassan, and welcome to the Digital Ministry Mastermind Podcast. Hey, what is going on, current Christian family? It is Alec here, and this episode, I know I've said this in previous episodes, but this episode right here is going to be a little bit different than the ones prior, because as you may know, a lot of the content in this podcast, it's very business, online ministry, tactic-oriented, and also for those that may or may not know, my background is, uh, in terms of credentials, on, on paper, it's, I went to school to be a physical therapist. You know, I went to college, got a bachelor in science in health and exercise science uh, with a little bit of psychology thrown in there, business startups, and just learning about how to have longevity in general, I guess you would say. So I've been experiencing some bouts of having low energy, uh, moments of feeling like I can't get to sleep that well. Uh, things where maybe, you know, I'm, I might start eating a little snack and then it's just like, oh boy, I, I can't stop, <laughs> can't, can't stop shoving this mouth with some food. And it feels as though things are a little bit shaky with having like a reliance on my own energy levels. And maybe you have been experiencing this same thing. And a lot of the reasons why we experience these things is because of how we are feeding and fueling our body. And I know what I'm about to say is nothing new. So you're going to hear it and you'll be like, I've heard that analogy before. Um, you know, use something new, but it just works, which is why I'm going to say it. If you pull up to a gas station, you know, they got they got the regular diesel, they got gas or regular gas, or they, they got the premium one or like the, uh, the lower priced one, which is now around like $4 in some areas. Ridiculous. But you got the lower priced one that's still at like $4. And as you know, depending on what you pour in that tank, it will ultimately lead to different outcomes in your car's health. Um, also, there's other liquids you can put in your car. You know, windshield wiper fluid. You got the oil for the engine, transmission, all that stuff. Even for brakes. You know how, like I've seen that in horror movies. They cut the <laughs> they cut this like wire and it has like brake fluid in it i'm like i've heard of like blinker fluid which is definitely not a thing but like brake fluid that sounds just as fictitious anyway what you fuel your car with is going to depend is going to determine its health and performance the same thing is true with our bodies and i'm not going to get into the details of what's uh, commonly referred to as micronutrients you know it's the things like the vitamins and the minerals for your body but what i want to talk about is the bigger picture of things you know macros you got protein carbs and fats. And also just talking about calories in general. When your body is in a calorie deficit, it's going to start losing fat. And when it eats, when you have more calories than what you're burning off, it's going to trigger your body to kind of store that energy as fat. And depending on whether our body is not getting enough fuel, is getting too much fuel, 
it's going to affect our energy levels. Um, there's also other factors of like how consistently um, you are like eating those number of calories, but I don't want to get into that. I just want to talk about in general, like if you are overfueling your body, it's, it's, it's essentially just putting your body in this mode where it's expending a lot of energy to break down the food. It's storing a lot of energy and it like quite literally just gets in the way. Sticking with the car analogy here, shoving your car full of things obviously is going to get, it's going to start inhibiting your driving. I know when my fiance and I drove from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, all the way over to Arizona, this car was so packed. And if what I'm about to say is illegal, then um, I guess just think of me as being just overdramatic here. So it was so packed, I could not see out of the back window. You know, you look in the rear view mirror, you can't see out of the back window. Uh, there was a workaround here where I got like a camera, like a rear view camera for the car. So like I was able to see the streamed camera view to see behind me. Um, but it was a nuisance. It was terrible to drive. The car felt so heavy. It really hindered the entire performance. And the same is true with your body. Like, obviously I took all the stuff out of the car. The stuff wasn't going to be staying there. But when you have just like even excess food in your stomach, if you're temporarily just like, you know, just gorge down all this food, it's going to affect your energy. And when that weight is relieved, now you quite literally are feeling a weight lifted off your shoulders. And when you look at the numbers in society, statistics about what the average American is, you know, where they're at, like on the, the fat percentage, and I'm not saying it to be mean, I mean like in the technical science term of it, how much, what their body fat percentage is. Um, for a lot of people out there, it's on, it's, it's over and it's not a fun place to be. You know, I'm, I'm talking from experience. Overweight kid, I didn't even know what a, what a fit body felt like. It was just out the womb, bam, I was, uh, you know, on, on the track to, to getting very heavy. And I never knew what it felt like to like actually feel in shape. And it sucks. So for a lot of people out there, I think that talking about how to cut down on fat may be more beneficial uh, to just your performance overall. And as I said earlier, it's really, the general concept is as easy as eating less calories than your body is burning off. So there's a lot of methods out there for how you can determine what, like what your body would need to eat on average in order to just stay at the same weight and everything. Uh, but before I start talking about those calculations, like it's quite literally like just you, you put one number in, you put another number in and a third number in spits out, tells you like, if you eat this many calories, you're, you're going to stay at the same weight. But before I get to that, there are people who are thinking maybe like, Hey, eat less calories. I get it, Alec. That's what I've been doing. And I'm not losing weight. I, or some days, you know, I don't eat anything and it doesn't seem to really be working. I might lose weight, a little bit of weight, but then, you know, eventually I got to eat. And then when I do, I gain it all back. So, you know, that's, that's clearly not the answer. And in that type of situation, the problem arises from how, like, how much you're not eating. You know, the, even though the, the solution is to eat less, that does not mean the solution is to not eat anything. Um, you know, there's actually like, like a pattern, there's a way, there's a, a method of eating less that can lead to the most efficient results of not having more um, fat accumulate on your body. So 
Although some of you out there may have tried that route of like really cutting down how much you eat or not eating anything, what happens is your body picks up on that. You know, it recognizes those, those signals. It's like, hey, there's no food coming in. We gotta, you know, we gotta slow down. You know, it's like, imagine you're driving, you're seeing it on the car on E, your instinct is not, oh, let's, <laughs> let's floor it, baby. No, it's like, ooh, okay, I gotta, I'm not pressing on the gas. I'm trying to use like the hill that the car is on to like have gravity work for me. And I gotta be careful. And that's exactly what the body is doing. You know, our body really functions at such a high level without our direct conscious thought. And this is just, another, it's another one of those things. Um, you know, we're not consciously thinking like, oh, got to get that blood circulating through and filtering out things in the lymph nodes and stuff like, like, we are so unconscious of how our body is functioning. And we can either use that to our advantage, or um, a lot of times we don't know how that works, and it becomes a disadvantage. So when you cut out a whole lot of calories really quick, or you are working out super intensely while cutting things down, your body picks up on that. And without you even deciding, it's, it's slowing down in terms of how, how many calories it's burning off. It's beginning to cut down on things in, in terms of like processes and how it's functioning. That's why a lot of people, it's like they feel like a, like foggy brained or unable to focus at times because the brain uses a lot of calories to think. So your body, your, it's telling your brain like, yo, slow it down. <laughs> but when you go through it systematically, you find out what that baseline level is, you know, like what the maintenance level is, and you, you cut out 200 calories or you cut out 300 calories max. And you do that um, for like about a month or if you're, you know, if you're tracking, like I'm not a huge advocate of using the scale, uh, but with like the methods that I'm saying here, I feel a bit more confident that you'll be equipped with the proper knowledge to actually know how to use this tool of a scale. It's not, the goal of it is not just to bring the numbers down, but when you're doing these methods, you know, you'll be better equipped to know like, oh, I'm actually, you know, these numbers are now more accurately telling me the things that I want to happen. Because when you're losing weight, you do not want to lose muscle. That is not, that is the, the not the right way of doing it. Um, so back to the, the maintenance. So once you know the amount of calories, that your body needs to have, <clears throat> pardon me, you cut out 200 calories and then you make sure you are not going over that number and, you know, measure yourself on the scale consistently. Doesn't mean all the time. What I mean is if you are measuring yourself first thing in the morning at 9 a.m., for example, make sure you are only measuring yourself at that time because having a big meal later on in the day or drinking a lot of water even or going to the bathroom are you measuring yourself before you go to the bathroom or after? I'd recommend doing it after. I feel like, you know, if you made sure there's nothing in your system, if you had a big dinner one night, not the next, you know, that might influence stuff, but you know, that's just me. Um, but you want to make sure that it's always at the same time. And it may not necessarily need to be every day. If you want to be super attentive like that, you can, but I feel that tracking one's calories is already a very like mind, like it's a, such a conscious thing you got to do that. Like why add another thing of checking yourself every day? on the scale. So when you're at that maintenance level and you cut down those 200 calories or so and you're losing weight and it gets to a point of like, ah, oh, it doesn't seem like it's losing weight that like, like it does seem like things are slowing down. Don't worry. It's not that body metabolism thing. It may be other factors. Um, and at, when you're at that point, give it about another week or so and then see like how things are going. And if at that point, um, 
it, it seems like you're still not losing that weight on the scale, then you can cut it down, but not by 200 and not by 300. You're going to cut it down by like 100. Or alternatively, you could try to add an extra 30 minutes of cardio into your, into your workouts. Um, or it could be like three times a week. So you can do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The only thing is, if you already are exercising a lot, then obviously that won't be the answer of exercising even more. Um, and, you know, the exercising thing, same exact thing as I was talking about before, you've got to be careful with how, hand, how hard you are going <laughs> in the gym. And it doesn't mean go, don't go at all, but go in a way where you are trying to work out in order to improve your performance. And not only will you have more fun while you're doing the exercises, um, but you'll also be able to, like, better measure your growth. Because you should be getting better while you're in the, you know, you're moving your body around anyway. You may, you may as well be trying to improve its performance and functioning in that, like, everyday life anyway. Um, so that's, like, the two options of either working out more once you hit that plateau point following a week of, you know, still doing the same diet. You know, if you feel like you hit a plateau, you keep going for another week. And now at this point, you either add in some extra cardio or you cut out an extra 100 calories or so. Um, and honestly, like at that rate, you know, you're, you're on a much better path of making sure that you're doing these, that you're managing your weight at a, at a healthier level. After about a month or so, the, the means in which the, you know, the calculations you use to, uh, and actually I would say, I would say at this point, two months. So at the two month mark, go back to those formulas that were, that you were using to figure out your maintenance level and, uh, you know, try to start, start fresh again, start from scratch, um, in terms of like your baseline numbers and take a, take a couple weeks it could, or you could even take the entire third month and just do the maintenance level. You know, don't don't go into the, the, the weight loss level. Be at the maintenance level. It's going to be, your body's going to love it. You know, you're going to be feeling great. Uh, you're going to be looking great already by this point. And I'm telling you, having like that month where you're at that like kind of maintenance level area, you're, you're going to drastically reduce the risk of going, having your body be in this like starvation deficit mode where it totally is stalling and, uh, slowing down and cool thing too during this maintenance area um because at this point you know depending on what the numbers are showing it most likely is going to be slightly more calories than what you're already than what you've been eating during those two months so when you're going back to the gym and you're doing these exercises aim for even greater performance because your body's going to be having that extra fuel. So capitalize on it and really try to build some extra muscle. You know, don't worry. You're not going to be um, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger by building some muscle, but it's really beneficial for the body. It's, uh, you know, every year at a certain age, you know, you're going to be, your body's automatically going to be losing muscle anyway. You know, it's kind of like if you had to choose between taking money that you've saved and put it under your mattress versus taking money you've saved and putting it into like a Roth IRA, the money under the mattress, you know, with inflation and things like that, what people don't realize is, like, if you had $1,000 under your mattress and a year from then, from then, you look and it said if there's only 900 in there, you'd be like, what the, who took my $100? But, like, with inflation, we don't see that. So when we got the money that we've saved and we've put it into our account and we look at it and we're like, yeah, I saved that. It's worth that much. It's not. A year from then, it's not worth that much. And 
if you were put into a Roth IRA, it's actually growing and it's making your money's now making more money. So with our bodies and our muscle, at a certain point every year, we are slowly losing muscle. So if you aren't actively building it up more, it's going to be naturally going away. And like I said, that is not a good point to be in. So during that third month, I'd say aim for more muscle building activities. Um, things that, that, that is going to pack on some good muscle there. Because then when you go into that fourth, fourth month, now you bring it back down. Um, you could even do 300 calories by that point. You know, just in case you didn't do 300 calories during the first month, you know, during this time, you, you could dabble with it. You could try 300 calories. And again, you hit the plateau point, you, you wait another week. You keep at that calorie amount. And then after that week, you drop down by 100. And it's sort of like a rinse and repeat method there. Um, and you don't want to be so low where it's like you really don't have any body fat on you. Fat's not a bad thing. Um, just how, you know, putting stuff in your car, it's not a bad thing. You just don't want too much crap in your car, you know? Because um, having your car engine close to E the entire time, you're just stressed out. And that's what happens to your body. You know, if it's running too low on energy, it's going to be stressed out. So just to wrap it up, final note here, you really need to make sure that half the calories you eat, doesn't matter if it's 2,000, 3,000 calories, or 16,000, 16, <laughs> or 1,600 calories, doesn't matter the quantity of calories, you take that number and you multiply it by like 0.4, you know, 40%, or you could even do 0.45. I really believe that um, a lot more people would see significant benefits in their health if they increased the amount of protein they ate because at the, at the calorie level that you're trying to eat at, if 45% of those calories comes from uh, protein, not only is it going to be way more protein than you're likely eating now, because I know for me it's like it's a struggle to eat, to eat the amount of protein that I need, um, but it's fantastic because it'll help you not feel as though you need to binge out when you're eating because high-protein foods tend to do that. They like take a little bit to digest in the stomach and they just make you feel fuller. So if that's like a thing where you feel like you're struggling with, with where it's like, I just can't stop eating, um, the high-protein meals are really going to be helping out. And if 45 or 50% of your calories have to come from protein, I'm telling you, you, you try hitting that number as early as you can in the day, you're going to feel like you're, um, you know, you don't have to force yourself to eat like later in the day. And it's, it's actually kind of cool. Like it gives you more uh, power, you know, to, to choose what you want to eat. And then you can choose the healthier option. And honestly, even if you do choose an unhealthier option, like Pop-Tarts or whatever, if that calorie count doesn't go over the amount you've set for yourself, dude, you're fine. Um, but having that, that feeling of like satiation to know that like, okay, I'm going to eat, but I'm going to be intentional with what I'm eating. It gives you the power to say like, oh, I'm going to choose snacking on an apple and a banana versus um, having like two bowls of cereal or something like that. So essentially when it comes to like a food consumption standpoint, that's really like all the stuff that, that you need, um, need to know at that point. You know, if there's specific things of like uh, stiff joints and, um, like foggy headedness or like acne, even things of like, like performance in the gym, that's like where you tweak what you eat. But this was really more so talking about like how much you eat in terms of like energy, uh, and, and, and things like that. But all those other factors, it's like, I feel like when, when you're dialed in with the calorie part of it, 
it's a solid foundation to build off of where you can then begin to explore the different avenues of like what you eat um, and how different things like dairy or even processed grains might be like kind of affecting your body and how you feel. And I know I said, you know, stick around to the end of this episode because it's just like, I feel like as I keep making sure I'm giving you guys all the stuff that you need, it's like, oh, I got to make sure I talk about this one thing. And uh, another thing for the protein part of it, you know, as you're cutting down the calories, obviously half of... 1600 is different than half of 2000 you know the the amount of protein you're eating is going to change and a good rule of thumb that i've heard is basically having like like for people who are really trying to maintain their muscle or are also like seeking seeking to like build some muscle as well um one gram of protein per 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 pound of uh of your body weight and if you feel that your body weight is a bit inaccurate to like your to to your ideal weight of like having sorry to keep it that's at such a general term but like quote unquote healthy weight um, in that case you know you 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 really can't go wrong with doing the the half percent of the protein thing you know the protein making sure you're having enough it's going to be helpful with making sure that you're preserving muscle and then also building muscle too. But unfortunately, it's like if you're 200 pounds and your healthy weight is like 60 pounds less then you know, the, I guess the ideal weight at that point would be 140 pounds. So 140 grams of protein, you know, you could, you can do it that way too. Um, and yeah, if anything, I feel like that would be a good approach. Cause like, I know for myself, I do have like I'm trying to cut down on some fat a little bit and I'm using this approach to do it in like a very, in a healthy way. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like by too much, you know, maybe I actually don't even know. I'm just gonna say like five pounds, but like five pounds, it's not really going to be, you know, that's five grand. That would that'd equate to five grams of protein. That doesn't matter as much. But again, if it's a thing where it's like 20 or like above in pounds of fat that that should be lost before you feel like, yeah, no, this is, this is healthy weight for my height, for my age and for my gender, then, you know, go for that, that healthy weight number for, for the protein. So again, wow, totally different, but I just really, I, I like, I like flexing the brain muscles a little bit, stuff that I've learned with uh, health and exercise and science. And, you know, a lot of times for the rest of the podcast, I really get the business startup stuff I talked about as well. But, you know, God built these bodies to help us, to aid us, and the least that we can do is help it as well. So I really hope that, you know, this random episode was able to help that 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 person, that individual out there who really felt like, wow, yeah, this was useful information that I really can use and start implementing now. Um, in terms of, like, websites, things that you can use for knowing what the, what the baseline is, look up basal metabolic rate calculator. There's going to be a bunch of websites that are going to pop up for it. And you get that maintenance number, you subtract two, 300 calories from it. And then you take that number, divide it in half, and then divide that number by four. And that's going to tell you the amount of protein that you need. Boom. Good thing you stuck around to the end of the episode because for that lucky person out there who heard that last part, that formula right there is going to really help you out and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. You, des- you deserve it. That, you know, this whole episode right here, a lot of y'all out there, this is top tier 
one-on-one -on -one personal trainer stuff right here that you can't get in a lot of places. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed the show. And by all means, share this episode with whoever you want who you think could really benefit from this type of health information. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Are you a Christian leader looking to develop the skills needed to maximize the fruitfulness in your daily walk with Christ? Do you want to overcome the burden of not living life to the fullest and fully step into your God-given calling? If you do, then you should get a copy of my book, Planting Your Purpose, a 20-day guide to discover God's calling. It's not just another devotional book. Planting Your Purpose is your 20-day guide that will provide you with the strategies, tools, and insights to turn things around immediately. You will learn how to avoid the top five mistakes Christians make when pursuing their calling in life. You'll develop more joy in your walk with Jesus and unlock the secrets to mastering integrity. And by the end of 20 days, not only will you know your calling, but you'll have an even greater sense of fulfillment and confidence in your life. Everywhere, Christians are raving about this amazing new guide to discover their God-given calling. Get your copy by clicking the link in the show notes or by going to plantingyourpurpose.com. That's plantingyourpurpose.com.